You're listening to a sermon preached at Redeeming Life Church. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark. We'll be looking at Mark chapter 4 this morning. As many of you know, Pastor Brian is on sabbatical this month. So we're going through, while he's gone, a series called Potent Parables. If you're utilizing one of those red Bibles underneath a seat near or around you, we're going to be looking at page 890 this morning. If you've got an electronic device, you can go ahead and pull up the YouVersion Bible app. We've got an event in there under the More tab. You can just go to More, click on Redeeming Life Church, and you can find all of today's scriptures and so much more. And then we'll have some on the screen as well. If you're new or visiting with us this morning, my name is Josiah. I'm our pastor of families and students here today. So far this month, we've looked at the parable of the unforgiving servant, the parable of the talent, the parable of the rich fool, and today we are going to be looking at the parable of the growing seed. This is going to be in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 26. Mark 4, 26. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, The kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain on top of the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle, because the harvest has come. This is the word of the Lord. Will you bow your heads one more time with me as we begin our time in examining God's word through prayer? Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to sit under the preached word. Lord, I pray that we would be receptive to what you have to say to us today. Lord, I pray that we would leave here changed, not because of anything I said, but because of your word and what you have to say to us this morning. Lord, use me, speak through me, help me to handle your text rightly today. I pray that you would open our minds, our ears, our hearts to hear your voice and receive your word today. I thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, and I pray that we would leave here changed because of the redeeming work of the gospel that's continually transforming our hearts and changing our lives. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. All right. So Mark chapter 4. When we look at Mark chapter 4, we find three different parables by Jesus that are focused on evangelism and centered around discipleship. Mark chapter 4 actually opens in verse 1 with a parable that many of us in the room today, if not all of us, are pretty familiar with. That's the parable of the sower. In that parable, Jesus shares the story of a farmer who scattered seed on many different types of soil. Most of the soil that the seed fell on was bad soil, and the seed ended up dying. However, we see in that parable that the seed that falls on good soil not only survives, but it thrives into a bountiful harvest. Then a little further on in chapter 4, we come to the parable that we just read this morning on the growing seed. Following that parable is a parable on the mustard seed. Many of us are familiar with that as well. Jesus uses the parable of the mustard seed to talk about the kingdom of God and how it starts out kind of like a mustard seed, real small. But when that mustard seed grows, it produces branches that are so large, so stable, that birds can even nest in their shade. In all three of these parables about the kingdom of God, Jesus uses the example of growing seeds to convey his message. As a result... I would argue that a seed must have served as like a memory device for the Jewish people of that time, making it very easy for them to relate to or even recall these potent parables later on. In the same manner, if Jesus were here today and he was talking to me specifically 
about the kingdom of God. Rather than using a seed, he talked about pizza. Now, the kingdom of God is like a pizza. First, you have the dough, then the marinara sauce, all the toppings. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. But as we look back at our parable of the growing seed this morning, we quickly discover that this parable is focused primarily on the Christian. The focal point of this parable is centered on evangelism and discipleship in relation to the kingdom of God. So if you're sitting here this morning or you're watching online and you are a Christian, please pay attention because Jesus is speaking primarily to you here this morning. Now, if you're sitting here today and you're not a Christian or you're watching online and you're not a Christian, please don't turn off the device. Don't get up and leave the room because I believe Jesus has something he wants to share with you from this parable this morning as well. So regardless of which side of that equation you find yourself on this morning, my encouragement to you is to listen up. I believe God has something for all of us today. All right, let's dive in. In the parable of the growing seed, and all three seed-related parables here in Mark, Jesus is speaking primarily to his disciples and those who have gathered around with him. These parables are meant to be an encouragement, an inspiration to his disciples, who are either struggling or are going to struggle with telling others about the kingdom of God and sharing the gospel with the world around them. In just a few short chapters, we're going to see John the Baptist get beheaded. And it will not be long before things start to get complicated for Jesus and his followers as they experience hatred and persecution from the outside world. As a result, Jesus, knowing that persecution and difficulties are going to come to those who follow him and are called by his name, shares our parable this morning on the growing seed in an effort to empower and inspire his disciples to boldly proclaim the gospel to all the world. In this parable of the growing seed, we see seven things take place. It's pretty basic and fairly straightforward. The first is the farmer scatters the seed. He then sleeps night and day, rises, sleeps. Then the seed sprouts and grows. Four, the farmer has no idea how the seed grows. Because five, the soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, the head, and then the full grain. So then six, the farmer sends for the sickle, because seven, the crop is ready to harvest. That's it. That's our parable. Four verses, seven things. Let's read our parable again together. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle, because the harvest has come. What I love about this parable, what is amazing about this parable, is that the seed does the work. It's the soil that does the work. When it comes to the kingdom of God, God does the work to grow his kingdom. But we as Christians need to be faithful to scatter the seed. But it's God who does the work to grow that seed. It's God who changes hearts and draws people to him. When we read through it and we examine this parable together, the farmer might come across as rather insignificant or unimportant in the process. The farmer scatters the seed, but that's about it. The seed continues to grow after that point regardless of the farmer's actions moving forward. In the same way, when it comes to discipleship or evangelism, 
It's not our job to change hearts. It's God's job to transform lives. We don't have to drag somebody down to the altar and compel them to be saved. We don't have to hold them underneath the baptismal font till they confess of sins we didn't even know that they had committed. No. What is our job? Our job is to scatter the seed, to share the gospel message. That's it. God does the rest. God changes hearts. God transforms lives, and God grows his church. Once the seed is sown, a growth process is set in motion that cannot be stopped or hurried up by us. Even if we can't see what is happening, we can be confident that God is faithfully working to grow seeds that we plant. God determines what happens after we plant the seeds. It's God who determines the seeds that grow and the seeds that don't. God decides what happens. We don't get to say what happens after we scatter the seeds. It's God who grows the seed. And by his grace and his mercy, he uses us to help plant those seeds and initiate the growth. That's the main point I want us to take away from our parable this morning. God will do the work to grow his kingdom. God will do the work to grow his kingdom. God grows his church. He gathers his people to himself. In John 12, 32, Jesus says, if I am lifted up from the earth, then I will draw people to myself. God grows his church, and we see that in our parable of the growing seed. In today's parable, there are three key actions or events that take place in our text this morning. Sowing, growing, and harvesting. If you're taking notes, you can write those three words down. Sowing, growing, and harvesting. Let's break all three of these events down and look at them again. The first is sowing. Verse 26 says, The kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. It's our responsibility to scatter the seed of the gospel everywhere we go. The farmer's primary role, his only role really, was to scatter the seed. Now at first it appears insignificant. But nothing that follows would take place without him first scattering the seed on the ground. As disciples of Christ, as evangelists, as disciple makers, as Christians, it's our responsibility to scatter gospel seeds. Oftentimes, this can feel insignificant. There are times where this can feel pointless. When it comes to our responsibility of scattering gospel seeds, oftentimes it can feel like our effects aren't making a difference. Our efforts aren't making a difference. Maybe you felt that way at times. Maybe you feel like your proclamation of the gospel to the lost isn't getting through to anyone. But you never know what God is going to do with the seeds that you sow. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. And I remember growing up as a child that my dad would pray with me every night at bedtime. There were probably nights where he was tired, nights where he didn't want to, nights where this simple task appeared insignificant because he couldn't see what God was doing. It was probably difficult at times for my father to see the Lord working in my young heart. My Sunday school teacher probably felt the same way. There were probably times where she asked the Lord, what am I doing as she tried to get us kids to quit horsing around 
and focus in on the flannel graph Bible lesson that she was trying to teach us. Our kids' leaders probably feel that way sometimes too. But I promise you, it makes a difference. Our efforts toward evangelism and discipleship make a huge difference and a huge kingdom impact in the world around us. There are going to be times when reading a Jesus Storybook Bible to your child feels insignificant. There are going to be times when leaving a worship time card at a fuel pump at the gas station feels meaningless. There are going to be times where sharing the gospel with a coworker in the break room or with a neighbor at the grocery store feels deflating or disheartening. There are going to be times when knocking on someone's door to leave a door hanger or asking a stranger how you can pray for them feels downright frightening and even terrifying. I'm talking about myself. It's scary at times. But that's because we can't see what God is doing. We can't see how the seed is growing. How is the seed growing? We don't know. We rise and we sleep, and the seed continues to grow. That brings us to our second action from our parable today. Number two is growing. Verse 27 says, He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and it grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. God does the work to grow his harvest. The point that Jesus is making here is that what seems insignificant or small, like an act of sowing a gospel seed, will end with a great and plentiful harvest. The picture here of the seed growing into a blade and then into the head and then into the full grain on top of the head is a picture of the wonder and the mystery of the mighty work of God that takes place in the heart of every believer. It is through the gospel seeds that are planted that God takes a heart of stone and molds it, transforms it into a heart of flesh. God faithfully grows his church. And these gospel seeds continue to grow and mature from the point of unbelief to belief in Christ and a relationship with him until the harvest is ready. Which leads us to our third point in our parable today. That's harvesting. Verse 29 says, as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle, because the harvest has come. God does the work to grow his harvest until it is ready to be gathered. The process of growing the kingdom of God might not look spectacular to us here on earth. We might not be able to see the fullness of what is taking place behind the scenes as gospel seeds continue to grow. But we can be certain that even if we can't see it, Seeds are continually growing into a bountiful harvest for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that a time is coming when the harvest will be ready and he will send for the sickle. I mentioned at the beginning of our time together this morning that the bulk of this message is focused on the believer. It's aimed at the believer. However, this third point applies not just to the believer, but to the unbeliever sitting in this room today as well. If you're listening online or you're, and you're not a Christian, this part is crucial for you to listen to today. The time is coming when God will gather his harvest for himself. In Revelation 14, John gives, uh, gives us a glimpse of what is to come. 
If you'd like to read along with me, we're going to be on page 1098 of those Red Bibles. I'd like to turn now to Revelation chapter 14. Revelation's the last book in your Bible, so just go to the maps and then go back a little bit. Also, the verses are going to be on the screen as well. In John chapter, or in Revelation chapter 14, rather, John shares a vision that relates to our parable here in the book of Mark this morning. In John 14, in verse 14 as well, talks about reaping the earth's harvest. 14, verse 14 says, Then I looked, and there was a white cloud, and one like the Son of Man was seated on the cloud, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Another angel came out of the temple crying out, in a loud voice, the one who was seated on the cloud. Use your sickle and reap, for the time to reap has come, since the harvest of the earth is ripe. So the one seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. The time is coming when God will gather his harvest to himself. John goes on in verse 17 and says, Then another angel who also had a sharp sickle, came out of the temple in heaven. Another angel who had authority over fire came from the altar. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Use your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the vineyard of the earth, because the grapes have ripened. Verse 19 says, So the angel swung his sickle at the earth and gathered the grapes from the vineyard of the earth and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Harvest time is coming. You can be sure of that. The question before each of us this morning is, when the harvest is ready, where will you be found? When Christ with the golden crown on his head takes his sickle out and swings it across the earth, where will you be found? Will you be part of the harvest that he gathers to himself? Or will you be found among the grapes of the vineyard? who are thrown into the great winepress of God's wrath. Eternity is at stake, folks. The choices we make in this life carry with them never-ending consequences. Christ is returning one day to gather his elect, and when he does, where will you be found? Each one of us is born destined for the hell of God's wrath. However, there's hope found in God's word today. Romans 5.8 states that God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? You may have been born destined for God's wrath, but your story doesn't have to end there. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Maybe you're sitting here today, or you're watching online or listening and to this message, and you don't even realize it. But at some point, somebody scattered some gospel seeds in your life. Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was a month ago. Maybe it was even years ago. You didn't know it at the time. But looking back now, you realize at some point, Someone sowed a gospel seed in your life. Ever since that day, 
God has been growing that seed. You sleep and you rise and day and night without realizing the seed has continued to grow. And now today, listening to this message, you hear God's voice calling after you, calling your name. If God is calling you this morning, be reconciled to God. Hear me this morning. Be reconciled to God. If you are not a Christian, now is the time to die to your sin and live for him. That's my challenge for the non-Christian here this morning. Be reconciled to God. It's not hard. It's quite simple, actually. Romans 10.9 says, If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. If you're listening to this message and you are not a Christian, now is the time to surrender your life over to Christ and experience the hope that comes from following him. Now, if you're sitting here today and you are a Christian, now is the time to scatter gospel seeds. That's my charge for the Christian today. Scatter gospel seeds. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In our hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Christian, are you ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you this morning? How many of us are prepared to give a defense for the hope that is in us this morning? The main point I want you to see this morning is that God will do the work to grow his kingdom. But we must do our part to faithfully scatter that seed. That's the main point of our parable here today. And that's the application for us this morning. God will do the work to grow his kingdom. And as he does, we must do our part to faithfully scatter the seed. I've heard so many stories this week of people scattering seeds. My dad prayed with me every night. At times, he might have thought it was having zero effect on my life. But by God's grace and my dad's faithfulness, I knew at a young age I wanted to live for God and follow him all the days of my life. I remember praying a prayer like that one Saturday night with my father. And then I marched into Sunday school the next morning and told my Sunday school teacher as well that I wanted to follow Christ. I didn't want to get left on the bus when everybody was gone. I didn't want to get left behind. But now as a child, I didn't know what all was entitled with following Christ. Things got a little more complicated after I turned 18 and moved out of my parents' house. There was a time in my life where it didn't look like I was saved. There was a time when my life did not reflect that of a Jesus follower. In fact, Crystal and I ran into one of my coworkers this week from that season of my life. You should have seen her face when I told her I was a pastor. <laughs> God transforms lives. I wouldn't be surprised if in that season of my life, my dad questioned whether I was a Christian or not. I know I did. But something tells me that during that season, he was still praying for me, even when it felt hopeless. We don't always see the work that God is doing to grow the seed. 
We sleep and we rise night and day. And how the seed grows, we don't know. But God knows. Don't let the hopelessness of this world get you down. God will do the work to grow his kingdom. As he does, we must do our part to faithfully scatter the seed. As Christians, Paul tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on God's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Brothers and sisters, God is making his appeal through us. The question is, will you faithfully scatter the seed? Will you scatter the seed? Will you share the gospel? Will you be faithful to share the word of God everywhere you go? Will you read the Bible with your kids? Will you pray with them? Will you share the gospel with your coworkers or invite your neighbors over to read part of the Bible with you? You'd be amazed at what people are willing to do for a slice of pound cake and a cup of coffee. Invite your friends over for a Bible study. We live in a broken world. Turn on the news for five minutes, and it becomes clear as day that we are in a world full of uncertainty and confusion. People are searching for answers. People are looking for the truth, and thankfully, as Christians, we know what the truth is. God's word contains the answer for everything that is wrong in this world. Here's the best part. God has placed you exactly where you are for a reason. It's amazing how many people walk through these doors for the first time and run into somebody in this room that they know. I know I say it all the time, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but God has positioned you where you are for a reason. Your work, your neighborhood, your community, you are there for a reason. You might not see it now, but God has got the whole thing rigged because God grows his church. By his grace and his mercy, he uses us to initiate the process by allowing us to scatter gospel seeds everywhere that we go. So will you be faithful to share the gospel today? Will you scatter the seed and watch and see how God grows that seed into a fruitful harvest of the redeemed. I'd like to close with these encouraging words by J.C. Ryle. He said, The day is coming when there shall be a congregation that shall never break up, and a Sabbath that shall never end, a song of praise that shall never cease, and an assembly that shall never be dispersed. That's what we have to look forward to. The day is coming when the Lord will send for his sickle because the harvest has come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And when he does, I pray that we are ready. I pray that we are ready and I pray that others are with us because of the gospel seeds that were faithfully scattered. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that you use broken, busted people like me to share the gospel, 
to scatter the seeds, to start the growth process in the life of others. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't get discouraged or disheartened by the long game of watching seeds grow. My daughter reminded me this morning that I saw my grandfather get baptized when I was in high school. Your timing is not our timing, Lord, but I pray that throughout all of that, we would be patient and we would be faithful to share the gospel everywhere we go, where we work, where we live, where we play. Lord, thank you for using us. Thank you for allowing us to be part of growing your kingdom. Oh, how we long for the day when we never have to disperse, when we never have to leave, when we get to be together forever, worshiping you, praising your holy name, glorifying you ever and ever. I thank you for the transforming work that you are doing, for the seeds that are being planted every day, for the lives that are being changed, the hearts that are being changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Lord, that you would continue to change lives and transform lives and grow your church until the harvest is ready. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor this morning, Lord. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. We'd love to have you as our guest. For more information, visit redeeminglifeutah.org.